How do we stop and notice that incredible, holy things happen to us every day? My name is Rabbi Lauren Holtzblatt, and this is Awake, Finding the Holy in the Everyday. When you listen, I hope you'll take a few minutes to pause, to open yourself to the possibility that holiness, connection, and presence are around us all of the time. Hi, everybody. I'm back. (laughs) What a year it has been. For all of you out there, for those I know, for those I don't know, and my own life. I took a break because life became too much (laughs) and um, I couldn't hold it all. And so this podcast uh, was on hiatus for some time, but feeling the expanse return, um, I wanted to get back at it and be with you all out there. In today's episode, I really, I want to talk about adversity and God in adversity. So today I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to mention a, a Jewish text. I really want to talk to you about theology, which is something that we don't talk about so much um, in the circles that um, I tend to know in progressive Jewish communities. God has been alive and existent for me for as long as I've had consciousness. And what God has been for me, uh, my own perceptions of God has changed probably throughout my life and different metaphors and moments. But what has stayed consistent throughout my life is the idea of God's presence, that within the universe there is a well of light, of energy, of goodness, of love, of compassion, which is, to be honest, how the Kabbalists also imagine God, is that eternal giving source that is there all the time, but sometimes we uh, can't access that energy because um, we get caught up in life and in schedules and in thinking about how things should be, and we stop the flow of energy, not necessarily because we want to, but because that's where we are in our lives. And recently I was doing um, like a sort of a theological chavruta with a a theological conversation with a congregant. And we got into this conversation about this kind of fear of all the good things in one's life, right? If my parents are healthy, if I deal with the fact that they're getting older and my worries around that, maybe I'll cause the energy of that kind of like negative energy to come and and do something bad to them. Or if I take too much risk, then something negative is gonna happen. And if you think about it, I think many of us walk around with this. It's sort of the old, those old um, Baba Misas, you know, those old stories or, you know, where the the Yiddish word Kanahara comes from, right? That idea that uh, poo, 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 we shouldn't talk about something unless, some, you know, we 
we we um, rev up the spirit of Satan to come and bring bad things to us. And in some ways, I feel like that kind of theology follows potentially from parts of the Torah that are full of retribution, right? If you do A, B, and C, you know, D, E, and F will follow. But if you don't, very bad things are going to come your way. And this idea that there's, you know, there's some sense of control of suffering in the world. And I want to say to you today and outright on this podcast that um, I reject that notion of God. That is just, that is just not, that is not going to work for me, <laughs> my own theology. That is not the way that I see the world. Um, that is not how I experience my own suffering um, or others who I have the privilege of being in their lives and witnessing what they experience. And I think we do ourselves a disservice when we rely on that as our theology. So I want to offer you something different today. Um, what I want to offer you is a God who is present, who's the energy and, um, and whose love and compassion actually lies directly in those places of vulnerability. And it's not that we have to experience vulnerability in order to experience God. But I often think that our minds can imagine things that are much worse than the reality of things that befall us. To be human is to have suffering as a part of our existence, not our full existence. That is not, you know, where I sit, but we don't, any of us, avoid it completely. That's not what it means to live. And um, we have to experience it, whether that's through the loss of a loved one or an illness or a divorce or struggles with kids, or struggles with careers, wherever that kind of hits you in your life. But what I've found, and I want to give you a few examples from my own life, is that as someone who is definitely a warrior, not a, well, I, th I think of myself as a warrior also, but who is a warrior, that what I've found in my worry is that my worry does not include the strength the endurance, the resilience, the love, the self-compassion that emerges from moments of suffering. And so our imagined suffering is not a totality. And where I find God in suffering is in those very moments, in the love that comes from friends and loved ones surrounding you, in the compassion that arrives from people that have walked a similar path that can give advice and strength and an outlook. And I found it in my own resilience, things that I never thought were possible for me that I can now do having walked certain paths of suffering. That doesn't mean that suffering needs to happen in order to find love, compassion, or resilience, or bravery, or strength, or courage. I don't think that. But I do think that when we worry and we see God as this being that is there to kind of strike us down, like the image we get in the book of Job, we miss all of the, the, the flowing of good energy 
that is the potential of what God could be in our lives. So I want to give you an example of something I'm talking about. My father died this year. Um, He was diagnosed with colon cancer in September, and he died eight weeks later in early October. And um, it was a very, very difficult time. It was right before Rosh Hashanah that we found out. And he died um, basically right at Simchat Torah. So it was the high holidays that were full of suffering. My dad did suffer at the end. The illness was quick and painful and hard. And I did not wish that on him. I would be much more happy with him still on the earth. But it happened. And as I was going through it and thinking about it, as I was experiencing his illness and my trying to help in whatever way I could um, be present for helping with doctor's appointments and hospitals and um, just listening, probably the worst fears that had emerged in my life about losing him or losing a parent were coming to fruition, right? something where a parent suffers, where the diagnosis is that there, there really isn't um, a possibility for healing and that it was likely to be quick. All of the things that really have been in, you know, the warrior's mind as something that, yep, that's, this was all coming to fruition of things that I have worried about for my parents. What I didn't ever imagine were the parts of grace and love and self-compassion that I experienced in those eight weeks. The parts of conversations with my dad where we both cried over things in life that occurred. The moment where I got on a plane with my two sisters And we flew across the country to spend three days together bonding, talking about our childhood, being with each other, giving each other strength and support and laughter, reminiscing with my dad over a long dinner and sitting with him and watching the Dodgers game together, being grateful for his life partner for everything that she was giving and doing and being present for. And the affection of community, losing my father and seeing community rise and give love and give compassion. Would I take away this specific experience if I could? Yeah, (laughs) sure. But what I gained from it, there's also something in there And finding God in those moments, the moments of our greatest vulnerabilities, the connections and conversations that I had with my father that I actually never would have had if it weren't life at the brink. Those conversations were an opening into my dad's soul in a way that I couldn't get him to engage with me when he was alive. The coming together with my sisters, which, thank God, I'm very close with them. But we have families, and we have jobs, 
and we have a million things pulling on us all the time. So for the two, the three of us to get together and be able to do a trip like that and to reminisce about our entire lives together, that was a gift. God was present for me in that gift. And I will tell you that the, the grace that I've had on myself in these months and honestly in this year where I've seen a lot of suffering in my own family, the ability to give myself space, time, love, to self-talk in ways that are comforting rather than tearing myself down because I have less energy for certain things or I can't be present in certain ways. That self-love and compassion and grace for me is rooted in the source of all things. And what I want to offer you today is a different way of looking at God. That instead of running from the things that are hard, that that can cause us suffering, that when those things come about in our lives, instead of seeing them as a nightmare, making space for the light to come in. Where is the light in whatever you're going through? Is it a piece of wisdom? Is it a song? Is it a moment of connection with your loved one that was never possible before that? Is it the strength that you have seen in yourself in a way that you didn't even know was possible? God is there a presence an endless source that exists all the time through the wonderful through the horrible and everything in between if we let that energy flow so i want to invite you in the week ahead to feel that energy to make space for it and to tap into that well that is available for all of us at all times in our lives. Have a good week. Thank you so much for listening. Before I go, you can always check out more episodes at addisisrael.org slash awake or on Apple Podcasts please make sure to hit subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave a review to let us know you like the show. It helps us to get the word out. Finally, you can email us at awake at addisisrael.org to give feedback about the show. Let us know what you like and what you want to hear more of. Thank you for listening, and I'm wishing you a holy encounter this week.